welcome back to the Shark Bait Show. I am your host, Joshua Frodon, and the Sharks get their second win of the season against the St. Louis Blues, a 2-1 to win in a shootout. And let's, let's dive right into it. So I think the first thing that we need to talk about is that Marcus Sorensen still isn't that great of a player, and this is a small sample size. And I'm still not wrong that he didn't have a great game, but he gets the lone goal for the Sharks uh, later in the second period. Uh, earlier in the second period, the Sharks looked totally outmatched by the St. Louis Blues, uh, kind of carrying over some some momentum from the first period. The Sharks did not look too great in the first period, in my opinion. I, not going to lie, kind of thought they were going to lose. Uh, didn't look too great. But they ended up pulling out a win somehow. So first period, uh, let me look at some of these stats. But uh, very interesting game. I think the first thing we need to talk about is Evander Kane. Eight penalty minutes. I mean, if you have him on your fantasy team, maybe you're liking him right now. Not what you need to do if you're the Sharks to win the game. Uh, However, there was no power play goal scored today. Uh, There was just two even strength goals and that was it. It didn't hurt the Sharks too much. I mean, they didn't score the power play, but their penalty kill, as last year indicated, looked pretty good. Um, a lot of the sh- shots in just in general look, were very on the perimeter. Uh, Sharks, believe, won the, the shot total battle, if you want to call it. Um, yeah, it was it was a weird game. It I am hesitant to be optimistic about how the Sharks played just because it was a 1-1 tie, and they were able to, to get the win in the shootout. But I I think the Sharks looked good defensively. They're obviously only giving up one goal. And there, there wasn't too many odd man rushes. I only can remember one, and it was Eric Carlson's fault, who we'll, we'll talk about later in this episode. Uh, other than that, the Sharks didn't look too defensively out of place. Um, I felt the defensemen were, were good when they needed to activate from, from the point, and pretty much every time there was a, a, a winger that was that noticed that and covered for them. So I think overall the Sharks should be part, part of this game defensively. And, I mean, the offense was good for the first three games and somewhat stalled out this game. Uh, but it was somewhat odd, a lot of power play chances. The Sharks had, I want to say, five power plays four or five power plays, and I mean, they looked good on it, especially the last one where they had almost four minutes of, of straight penalty time, or uh, power play time, uh, kind of midway through the third period. They looked pretty good on it. Uh, I had no complaints with what they were doing. I am curious to see how the power play kind of evolves throughout the course of the season. I feel like last year, somewhat midway through the season, they were really pushing the, the Brent Burns ov office play i'm not sure it's gonna stay that way i think he looked even best today when um when carlson would move it to the left to to burns and burns would find a cross seam pass to to logan couture and that's when they were most effective on the power play would be couture being able to slide in there and get a shot or get a try to get a pass to hurdle or kane part of the net was when the power play looked its best there was that one where the puck was just rolling around in the in the in the crease and the sharks couldn't finish it. They actually had to take a penalty in the blues. Uh I forget who it was, like diving on Hurdle and Kane to make sure they didn't score. Uh so the power play I felt looked good. They had a lot of time, obviously. Penalty kill looked good. Not a lot of chances given up. Um and yeah, uh shootout was a thing that happened. 
I'm hesitant to really talk about it too much just because it's such a small sample size and such a weird uh, just way that games are decided once overtime ends. I know some people want to get rid of it. Not sure I would want to. Hurdle uh, gets it in the fourth round. No goals up till that point in the shootout. Uh, yeah, I think in general, Martin Jones looked good. Uh, I know that goaltending will be something we talk about later in the episode, but Martin Jones didn't really look out, out of place. Um, recalling their, the lone goal, I can't really blame him too much. I do think that one goal, the, de- the defense just had a lack of urgency, but I think that was product of them having played pretty well like on their in their system that nobody really thought to, to grab a, a lighting puck in the slot on a kind of weird play. Um, I do think that was a mistake. I think LeBanc and Shimmick were available to try to get that slot um, or get the puck in the slot. Uh, Burns essentially just grabbed the guy trying to, to, to drive in through the middle and the puck just kind of st- uh, stayed there. LeBanc and Shimmick were, were available but didn't go for it and and they get their lone goal. Um, later in the period, uh, Marcus Soren- in the second period, Marcus Sorensen uh, gets the puck uh, deep. He passes it back to the to the point to Brent Burns, uh, who cross point to cross the blue line to Ferraro, who made a really nice play. Uh, kind of changed his angle, not going with the de- defender's momentum, so he was able to get a clean shot to the to the goalie. Uh, and Yedo deflected it, and Marcus Sorensen outworked the man in front and got the got the goal. Uh, put the Sharks back level, and I think that was really a key for the game. I think seven to one coming into the game, the Sharks were outscored in the second period, which not great. Um, but I mean, a one one in the second period, you'll take that, especially since in the first period the Sharks did not look like the better team. Uh, I feel like you would totally take a a, a one or a even score going into the third period, and then the third period, not too much other than the the power plays. There was that. Uh, Early in the period, after a, a Kane penalty, shockingly, um, there was that odd ma- or that uh, penalty kill chance that, where uh, Sorensen drove it up, passed it to to Kachur, who almost found Carlson for the for the shorthanded goal. Uh, the penalty kill looked good in general, not just on that, but uh, a lot of a lot of keeping them on the perimeter. Uh, they were able to clear it for the most part better than they had in previous games, uh, so that looked good. Um, Third period, the Sharks had a bunch of power play time, weren't able to capitalize on it, unfortunately. Uh, and the, the Blues kind of pushed towards the end of the third period, bring us into overtime. And overtime was an interesting experience, to say the least. It looked like both teams were felt that they needed the win, and instead of pushing for a win, were just trying not to lose. There was countless times both teams just... Uh, not even in the name of getting a line change, uh, just skated back out, not just trying to make sure they had the best possession, the best zone entry they could. Um, LeBanc, Carlson, multiple times for the Sharks doing that. Um, and I, I feel like the Sharks were the better team in, in overtime. Uh, they, they looked really good when they were pressing, um, there was obviously the disallowed goal for for Kevin LeBanc on a on a weird weird play where Carlson got a super clean zone entry and instead of kind of driving to the net or driving at the goalie he goes around the net around Bennington 
uh, and Bennington is totally out of the crease. And he, he gets it kind of near the, the right face-off dot. And I would have preferred that he try to shoot it directly in right there. I don't quite know why he didn't, but uh, passes it to LeBanc at the at the top. And LeBanc shoots and scores, but uh, Donato is parked right in the crease and prohibited Bennington from getting over to make a save. So goal disallowed, unfortunately. And... Yeah, we go into a shootout where nobody scores for the first three. I think Jones only had to make two saves on their four chances. The first two for for St. Louis went wide. Uh, and then it looks like on the third one, the guy for St. Louis just was just trying to get a shot on goal to test Jones. Um, and yeah, Hurdle gets the gets the game-winning shootout goal to keep the Sharks 2-2. Two and two, 500, I believe, fifth in the in the Honda West division. So kind of looking at the analytics for the Sharks, in terms of expected goals, Hurdle, as has been the theme this season, was a monster. He had 0.57 expected goals. The next highest player of either team is Zach Stanford at 0.35. This is according to Money Puck. Uh, Money Puck. Uh, Hurdle has been the team's best player. Uh, there's no other way to say it. He's been the team's best player this season, probably the worst game he's played all season, and he was still one of the better players for San Jose. Um, yeah, uh, Marcus Sorensen, was, to say the least, he was motivated by the dissing that I did in the last last episode uh, and really turned up his game. I He looked good on the penalty kill. I kind of, over, I will say, I somewhat overrated his effectiveness as a penalty killer, although... He was still being put out there as the second or third unit. It doesn't really matter all that much. Neeson could do it. Uh, so Sorensen had a really good game. I think Eric Carlson played his best game of the season, and I think that was huge. Uh, no, no points, no goals, but him not having been a defensive liability for most of the game is what you have to ask for from Eric Carlson. I uh, I tweeted about uh, Eric Carlson. I said that it was his best game so far, and immediately after doing that, he activated from the point when he shouldn't have and let up a two-on-one, which is, I think, possibly the only two-on-one they had that game. Uh, so you'll take that any day of the week. He had great offensive zone entries. He led the team by a large margin in uh, defensive zone, or carrying, from carrying the puck out of the defensive zone. He had a great game. His, his legs were were really moving he had a lot of zone entries a lot of zone exits he looked like a, a somewhat a shell of the former eric carlson and a shell of an absolutely dominant player is uh, is what you want to see out of him at this point uh, if he can play like this every game i think the sharks are better off obviously he's not he's not prime norris winning eric carlson anymore that you would really hope when he's healthy but he still looks like a great player, and that's that's what you want from him. You need, as Bob Bugner's kind of emphasized this entire season, your best players need to be your best players. And if Hurdle and Carlson can be clicking and be supplemented by by Burns, Meyer, Couture, and Kane, then you're off to a great start if you're the, if you're the Sharks. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say about the game. Uh, so we're going to take it to, to Twitter and we're going to look at some of the, the Twitter questions that you guys have been asking at shark underscore bait underscore show. So the first one we'll start with. Other than Jones, who is the player of the game for the Sharks and why is it so hard for you to admit it was Sorensen? And 
I'm not gonna say it was Sorensen. I'll say I'll say Eric Carlson. I think he was even voted for a star on something I just seen on ESPN. He looked what you want Eric Carlson to look like at this stage of his career with his injury history. He looked great. I had no problems with how he played except for the the two on one he he let up. He looked like a great player. Yeah. And okay, we'll take it to the next question. And uh early thoughts on the goaltending situation. I think I honestly felt they should have gone back to Dubnik tonight. I didn't think he played bad in the last game. I I felt we said him we put him in positions to not succeed except for the last goal. I felt that was his fault. Uh he can he could have still seen the puck on the on the game winner for, for St. Louis in game one of this series. Uh and yeah, uh Jones looked good. He didn't have too many uh saves where he had to really come up large. He did save uh a two on one. He saved two shootout shots. He looked good. I would be shocked if they don't go back to him. The theme this season is totally gonna to be riding out the, the hottest goalie that you have. And if Jones is giving up one goal, those are games you have to win. This team is not built to win these two to one games with a pretty good forward core and totally offensive minded defensemen and not great goalies. You're trying to win the the you're trying to score more than your opponent than let in less than them, to put it in a kind of weird way. And so if you're only giving up one goal, you really need to win these games. You're not going to get this kind of performance from your defense and from uh, from Martin Jones or Devin Dubnik very often, and you need to capitalize on that. Those, uh, Yeah, and then thoughts on Nato's promotion this game? I thought he played pretty well. Um, he did have that unfortunate or goaltender interference or intervention uh, in overtime, which kind of sours his night. I felt he played well. He had some good ga- uh, good chances. He looked like he was a top six forward playing on the second line. And that's, I feel like if you were trading for Ryan Notto, you would totally take that. I felt early inclinations of him not immediately playing on the second line were that this trade for him was kind of a mistake and this reclamation project that is Ryan Donato was, was not good. Um, but I feel like he had a good game and he looks like he deserves to play on that line um i think i'll talk about that a little bit more the the new line combinations tonight so they had a top line of kane hurdle and meyer and honestly you would expect that line to absolutely explode that's for the forwards that's three of your top four guys right there possibly your top three offensive minded forwards you'd expect them to score with more time and more chemistry i'm sure they will uh Kane getting lots of water from the penalty box eight minutes to be exact isn't exactly the best way to get that line going um I don't think they did anything wrong uh just didn't have enough time together and they didn't look too great and that left a second line of Ryan Donato uh Logan Gachur and Kevin LeBanc and I thought they played well as well um I didn't have any issues with what they were with what they were doing uh, there was that one chance towards the beginning of the third. And it's right It's right before uh, Couture looked like he got shaken up for a little bit. He came back, thankfully. They had some good chances. They were they were pretty good defensively. And then the bottom six, which I made a, I made a large comment on last last uh, podcast. So the, the line tonight was, third line was Leonard, Gambrell, and Nason. And I personally had issues with them doing that. I did think... 
I mean, Leonard hit the post on that one on that one chance. But other than that, the line didn't look too great in general. Um, they didn't generate all that much offense. But I don't feel you're trying to generate too much offense with the bottom six that the Sharks currently have. Um, yeah, I, I think Gambrell was probably, you could say, one of the weaker points of the Sharks game tonight. He didn't play all that well. But... I, I just think with how the game went today, you're not going to make any changes for next game. Um, and then that left the fourth line with uh, with Sorensen, Marlowe, and Nieto. I felt Nieto had a good game. Obviously, he had the assist. But in general, I felt like he looked pretty good driving play and pretty good in front of the net. I felt he had a pretty good game, especially on the penalty kill as well. The strikes played really well. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to make any changes to the lineup uh, before heading into Minnesota. I don't, I don't see why they would. Uh, you won a game 2-1 to one in a shootout. You held a really solid St. Louis team to only one goal. You cannot ask for much more than that. And heading into Minnesota, where Minnesota's center depth is, is nothing short of atrocious. And if you could hold the center core uh, with headlined by Ryan O'Reilly to only one goal in the game, you're going to take that every day. Yeah, um, I think I think we should talk about what the next series will entail. The Sharks play Sharks play on the twenty second against Minnesota. Two game series has been as is the schedule, and I think that's gonna be that's gonna be the largest test of this of this first eight to ten games is playing Minnesota. If the Sharks are legit, uh, like playoff contenders they need to be able to show that they are that versus arizona and versus minnesota and i mean they they split against arizona if the sharks can can split or better sweep the series the two game series against minnesota that would be huge i think i don't think they will i think that kaprasov and fiala and uh are just absolutely insane and the Minnesota defense is probably one of the better defensive cores in the league. I would say they're probably second, or, or I guess they're probably third in the in the Honda West division. Obviously, with Colorado and Vegas being the 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 headliners of of that. But they're a great team. Uh, I'm not certain how their goaltending has has fared so far. Uh, but they're they're a good team. I think that their their center depth is is not good whatsoever. I haven't checked recently, but I believe going into the season, Bukestad was their, was their 1C. I know they have Benino. I guess I would guess he's the second center, the third center. I think that the Sharks are going to outmatch them in that regard. And it's about how the Sharks' defensive core, which they spend way too much money on, performs against, uh, against elite wingers. Kevin Fiala has been, had a great season last year, and he's a great player. And the Sharks need to be able to limit him. Yeah, I think that'll do it for for this episode. I know it's shorter, but there wasn't too much to go off of in that in that game. I don't see the Sharks making any any changes. Oh wait, that does that does remind me. There is, I'm not certain how their quarantines are going, but Balsers could uh, could join the Sharks. Uh, Rudolph Balsers. Former fifth-round pick of the San Jose Sharks, he was included in the Eric Carlson trade, so clearly the Sharks won that trade, Tim Stutzlahu. And so he's been quarantining since the Sharks claimed him on waivers. I believe he has 
a longer quarantine because he's coming from Canada or he just has a 14-day quarantine in general. Um, if he does not and he joins the Sharks soon, I could see him slotting into the into the bottom six. That's what you're asking for from claiming him. Uh, if so, I would see possibly Nason or my boy Sorensen uh, coming off of the of the active roster. Yeah, I can't see the Sharks being too much. I think Gambrell was was the outlier uh, for tonight's game. He was, I believe, the worst Shark in terms of expected goals, uh, raw expected goals, and then also how he controlled expected goals while on the ice versus how the team fared with him not on the ice. I could see him changing them changing him off, but at this point, your goal for the bottom six is not to get scored on, and they didn't. The one goal came off uh, the second line, I believe, was on there. Yeah, because LeBanc was the was the suspect who did not get the puck rolling towards the slot. So uh, he could slot in soon. I'm not certain the Sharks want to make any changes right now. I think one goal against a team that is pushing for... Obviously, they're, they're definitely going to make the playoffs, the Blues, and definitely going to be pushing for uh, for a, a con- contending to conference final or a Stanley Cup final. This team is very good. Uh, especially when they get Tarasenko back eventually, they're even that much better. Uh, the Sharks holding this team to one goal was great. Yeah, I think I think the the keys to the next series are going to be, I think for one, I think Tomas Hurdle and Logan Couture need to be better. Not that they need to be better, but need to prove that they're an incredible 1 and 2C like tandem. Uh, Hurdle is off to a tremendous start. He was tied for league lead in points. He didn't score tonight, so maybe he's fallen behind a little bit in that regard. But six points in four games, that's everything you would want out of him and more. If he's a point-per-game player for the Sharks, that's incredible. That's exactly what you would what you want out of him. And I think the next... The other, the other key... I guess there's two more. The next one is Eric Carlson. If he can play this this way again, I think the Sharks are in, are in pretty good shape. Uh, ice time was interesting to say the least. I think he played 30, yeah, Eric Carlson, 30 minutes, 43 seconds played. Um, not far behind is Brent Burns with, or actually more than was 30 minutes and 51 seconds. Uh, th- those guys are playing, that's half, I guess the overtime is somewhat different, but that's almost half the game. If you're playing guys that much, they need to be elite players. They need to be absolutely loaded players and I'm not sure not sure that they're the they're not Alex Petrangelo, they're not Dougie Hamilton, they're not these insanely talented in the defensive zone and in the offensive zone guys. They're somewhat specialty pieces that are you are hoping are average defensively and that they're and if they're not, their offensive prowess can make up for what they lack defensively. And that's how it appeared tonight was that they didn't they didn't give up anything and that was that was the best part of the game was that you looked at Eric Carlson and Brent Burns Knight and you felt that they didn't they didn't lead to your downfall they didn't they didn't give up chances that led to goals that cost you the game and that's what you need out of them and then i think the final point is jones needs to build on this jones has never 
recently been able to get on a hot run like he did in the 2016 playoffs and Jones needs to be that starting goalie I mean that's why you bring in Dubnik to to compete with him not that Dubnik is is very good but he's he was an established starter and he can contend for that role so Jones needs to to keep up on the success I'm not certain how many saves made tonight I can I can check right now what his numbers were uh 957 save percentage 23 saves on 24 shots you'll absolutely take that uh, not too many high danger opportunities for the blues but he still made every save that you would expect of him and i mean that one goal was probably not it's not his fault it was a, a puck that was just laying there in the slot that was just kind of ripped past him can't blame him for that so if he can if he can build on the success and the team can, around him can play as they're paid and expected to do, the Sharks are in a pretty good spot. I think that, uh, to set a prediction, I think they probably win the next game and lose the other. I think they'll split versus Minnesota. I don't see them being absolutely dom- dominant and just absolutely tearing up the uh, tearing out the wild. But, I mean, the Sharks have enough talent to win games. The issue is if that talent can can always be in the lineup and always be able to carry you to those victories. That's the question of this season, and that's the gamble that the Sharks are taking. And we'll, we'll see where it goes. I think I think that's going to do it. So I thank you all for, for listening. Uh, I'm Joshua Frogelin. You can find me on the bird at Josh Frogelin. Uh, the, sh- the site has their own Twitter account, at shark underscore bait underscore show on Twitter. Uh, And I hope that you'll check us out again. I thank you for listening and have a great day.